Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. If this is the day that God has made, Scripture tells us to choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And so I'm glad to be here. If you're a guest with us today, we believe this is the perfect place for imperfect people. We hope that you experience that today. And it's nothing that we can do. It's, it's a love in the presence of God. I'm Eric. I'm one of the pastors. And again, welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. Now, speaking of imperfect... Imperfect people specifically, I have a joke. You guys ready for a joke? Can I share a joke and you not be offended? Yes? Okay. There was a farmer who was looking to hire some workers to take care of his field in preparation for a harvest. And so he needed three workers and he hired three. He hired a young fellow, he hired an older person, and then he hired a Korean To the younger guy, he said, I want you to make sure that all the ground is ready, that you till the soil and prepare the ground so that the older person, they can come and they can plant the seeds because I'm preparing for a harvest. And then he looked over to the Korean guy and said, and your job is to take care of the supplies. I'm going to entrust you to make sure that everyone else has what they need to do their job because I'm expecting a harvest. So he goes on his day. He comes back later on to check on the work that's being done. And to his eyes, everything has been done very, very well. He goes to the younger guy and he says, hey, well done. It looks like you've prepared the soil. You've tilled the ground. But, but I noticed that your hands are filthy. What happened? He said, oh, that Korean guy, just he didn't give me the things that I needed. But, but you still got it done? Yeah, I did. It was no big deal. Well done, good worker. He goes to the older gentleman and says, looks like you've planted the seeds very meticulously, all in the right place. You've organized them so that the harvest will be easier to to reap. But but you also, where are all the supplies? Like that Korean guy, I couldn't find him anywhere. He didn't give them to me. So you did this all on your own with your own hand? He's like, yeah, I did. Well, Well done, good and faithful worker. And he's like, I I, I paid this Korean guy to make sure everything was done, to, to, to give the necessary tools to the other workers, and he didn't do his job. Where is he? So he's looking all around his property, and then in the back of his property, he sees all the supplies piled up in one big pile, and now he's angry. Now he's upset. He's like, I, he, he, didn't, he didn't distribute them. He just piled all of them. When I find this guy, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind when all of a sudden the Korean guy jumps out from behind the pile and says, supplies, <laughs> supplies. Some of you, you're not sure if you can laugh about that joke. You can laugh. You have my permission to laugh. You do not have my permission to tell that joke unless you are Korean. Got it? Lord, help us. I pray I don't get any emails this week. Hey, <laughs> Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 36. It'll be up there on the screens. You can follow along on your app at home as well. Matthew 9, 36, it says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. I love that. When Jesus looks at crowds, he doesn't just see nameless and faceless people. He, He sees his own that he loves, and he has compassion. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, our heavenly father, to send out laborers into his harvest. 
Now, I believe that God is growing some good fruit right here in this place called the local church. We've been hearing stories. We sense it. There's a spirit of freedom here. A lot of us are growing into who God wants to be. And we're praying for a harvest. We're praying for fruitfulness. We're praying that, God, you would use us to love and serve all the people right here in our local community. We're praying that God would use us. But today, I want to remind us that before God does something through us, he wants to do something in us. Do you understand that? As we are praying to, to our Father, Lord, send us, use us. Before he does something through us, he wants to do something in us. And this is why we're taking time to, to talk through what the fruit of the Spirit is. We're in this series called Locally Grown, where, where our hope and our prayers is as we understand God's word and the, the Christ-like characteristics that he wants to grow naturally within us, that we would learn to, to lean in and to be following the leading of the Holy Spirit that he has given to all all of us who call Jesus our Lord and Savior. And we find these Christ-like characteristics, this fruit in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. We've been reading this the past several weeks. Here's what it says. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. That's what we're talking about today. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There is no limit. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, if we've been made alive by the Spirit of God, let us also learn to walk by the Spirit. If Jesus has transformed us forever because of his Spirit at work within us, let us continue to, to learn to walk by that Spirit that is within us, to, to grow by that Spirit of God within us. Now, for those of you who are visiting with us, who are guests with us today, or for those of you who, who may have simply forgotten, this is our year of stewardship. God gave us that word stewardship at the end of last year, meaning that, that 2021, whatever God gives us, whether it's a little or he entrusts us with a lot, we're going to faithfully work whatever it is unto God and not to man, believing that when we do that, he entrusts us with more. And we're praying for a harvest. We're praying for fruitfulness. We're praying for transformation. And this next passage I want to read, since this is our year of stewardship, it's not a stranger to any of us. We've heard this woven in through every single teaching series that we've done this year. And so if you see a word underlined and bolded, can, can you do me the favor and read that out loud together with me, Familia? Can we do that? Yes? Supplies! Can you do that? All right, here we go. Matthew 25, 21, it says this. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little... I will set you up over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Continues on. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you have delivered to me two talents. Here, I've been faithful to steward it. I have made two talents more. Continues on verse 23. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servants. You have been over little. I will set you up over more. Enter into the joy of of your master. Well done, good and faithful servant. I love that. That, that. I think that's a phrase that every single one of us want to hear on that day that we're face to face before our Savior. 
Well done, good and faithful servant. And all of us, we, we, we want to hear that from God. All of us, we, we want to be fruitful. And we want to see transformation in this life. But I want you to write this down. Here's our big idea for today. If we want to be fruitful, we must first be faithful. For those of us who want growth, those of us who, who want to see something good produced from what we put our hands on, for those of us who, who want to see multiplication from what God has entrusted us with, for those of us who want to grow into all that God has called us to be, if we want to be fruitful, we must first learn to be faithful. Has anyone ever experienced someone else who's been faithful over their life? Show of hands. Maybe it's the patriarch, the matriarch of your family. Maybe it's been a neighbor that the way that they just serve, they, it's nonstop. They're loyal. They are committed. You know, every single Sunday, a lot of faithful people help make this the perfect place for imperfect people. They sacrifice their time. They get here early. They, they give of who they are so that they can serve people here in this church and in our local community. And one of these guys, I want to celebrate today. You may not know who he is because you don't see him up here. You don't really see his face because he's working behind the scenes all the time. He's one of the first people here before anyone else stepped foot on this property. He's constantly doing all the behind the scenes work, literally sweating to make sure that this place is organized and clean. His name is Carlos. Carlos, wherever you are at, you may have seen him running around the park line. You may see him just picking up trash and making sure everything is in place. We don't pay him to do that. He does this out of the faithfulness of his own heart to serve God. Can we give it for Carlos? We love you, Carlos. Thank you for your faithfulness. This service, we have Austin Maria Ranton sitting right there, right in the middle. We just celebrated this past month uh, their one-year anniversary of being part of this leadership team. And through their faithfulness of not simply just bringing hype, but instilling hope in our students and connecting with parents and the teenagers and the educators, we have seen so much fruitfulness because of their faithfulness. In fact, this past Tuesday, we got to see 13 students take their next step in faith and public, publicly declare themselves followers of Jesus through baptism because of your faithfulness. Thank you for being faithful. And in this room, I, I know we have dozens of educators, not just who serve in Kid Street to help make this the perfect place for imperfect kiddos, but, but we prayed last Sunday, we prayed throughout this week for all the educators here who, who create a, a learning environment for our children to grow in because of your faithfulness, because you spend your own dollars, because you work way beyond the eight hours a day, because you love our children. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. And like you have our children, like we get it, trust me. And you have all of our children all together at once and you're so faithful in loving and serving them. Can we give it up for all the educators? Thank you. See, to be faithful, it means to be trustworthy. It means to be dependable. A person who is faithful is full of honesty and integrity. They do what they say they're going to do. They get the supplies when they say they're going to get the supplies. But someone who's faithful is not just trustworthy and honest. 
They also live this out for the long haul. Someone who is faithful lives out and is reliable for seasons to come. They don't just start something, they see it through. And someone who is faithful, they get that characteristic from God. God is faithful. That's why these are fruit of the Spirit of God within us. We, we see it all throughout the scriptures of God's faithfulness. In fact, the first poem in the Bible found in the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about how God is a rock and he is faithful. Here's what it says. Deuteronomy 32.3 says, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of what? Faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. The Psalms celebrate this characteristic of God. Psalm 25.10, all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and what? Faithfulness. For those who keep his covenant and his testimony. Psalm 33.4, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice and the earth is full of his steadfast, his continual, his consistent love of the Lord. Psalm 36.5, your steadfast love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Remember that song? Comes from Psalm 36. Your faithfulness stretches to the clouds. I'm not going to sing. I see some of you trying to get me to sing. Not going to happen. That's why Steve's our worship pastor. Then the followers of Jesus who saw him in the flesh, who saw God come to earth. They witnessed his faithfulness in his life. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you are called into the friendship, the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Why? Because God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it he doesn't always take us out but he always takes us through he is faithful to walk with us every step of the way first Thessalonians 5 23 now may the God of peace himself sanctify you set you apart completely and may your whole spirit and your whole soul and your whole body may all of who you are be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. I love that. They had so much confidence that God would be faithful. The people of God in the Old Testament had that confidence that he would surely do it. The friends of Jesus had that confidence that he would keep his words. What about us? Do we trust that the good work that God has begun in us, he is faithful to complete until the day that he returns? Do we truly believe that God will always keep his word? Let me get a little bit deeper. What about us? Are we faithful to him? Are we faithful to keep our word to the one who always keeps his word to us? I want to continue talking about this value that we brought up last week, that help happens here. And, and today, the help that I want to bring is for us to learn how to grow in our faithfulness to God, for us to see his faithfulness toward us, and that would help us to be faithful toward him. 
And so we need to understand that in creation, God, he, he has put several things that are just baked into creation that, that are just self-evident. Things that we may not fully under, comp, understand or comprehend how they work out, but we understand that they do. And one of those things is this, this principle of sowing and reaping. We know that if we put a seed in the ground and we faithfully take care of it, that it will grow, right? We understand that. And we also understand that the, the fruit that grows also corresponds to the seed that we put in, right? We, we, we simply understand that. We have some, a planter out in our breezeway, and there's some plants in there that we've put there to show fruit over the course of this series. Now, some of your children have been picking the strawberries and, and messing up things, so we've had to replant some things. But all of those came from a seed. We planted a seed. We've taken care of the soil. We brought nourishment and health, and it grows, and it corresponds with the seed that's been put in, right? We just get that. I'm not, I'm not trying, to, trying to make us feel like you know, we're foolish or anything. We, we understand that, right? If I have strawberry seeds and I plant a strawberry seed, the fruit that will grow from that is what? Strawberries. Not an iPhone, not bacon. It's going to be strawberries. And again, I think we understand it when it comes to physical, but I think spiritually, so many of us lose sight of that principle. And so Paul in Galatians chapter 6, he wants to remind us of this principle of sowing and reaping. He wants to remind us that what we sow, we will reap. The seeds that we plant, the things that we take care of, that will produce a harvest. And he tells us basically of, of two sets of seeds that we'll experience in this life spiritually. He said that there is Seeds that come from the flesh, which will produce sinfulness and death. And then we have this other group of seeds that come from the Spirit of God, and that produces the life of God within us. And he asks, which seed are we sowing? Galatians 6, 7, he says, do not be deceived. Don't be lied to. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. That's a principle. For the one who sows from his own flesh, it's talking about the sin here, will from the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows from the Spirit, if we've been made alive by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit, let us sow seeds of the Spirit, they will reap from the Spirit, reap eternal life. What we sow we will reap. The type of seed we sow correlates to the fruit that will be produced. But some of us, we are deceived. When it comes to the spiritual aspect of sowing and reaping, some of us are deceived. Whether we've fallen into it or we've willingly walked into it, some of us have been deceived in believing that what we sow, we will not reap. And the reason why is because when we sow, what we reap doesn't happen immediately. Do you understand that? Like if I put a strawberry seed in the ground, it's not going to come out in one minute. I can stare at it for an hour, for a day. Nothing is going to happen. And some of us, we say, well, there is no direct correlation. I've sown, but I have not reaped. And so this must not be true. And Paul says, you're deceiving yourselves. For instance, if, if I sow from my flesh and I sow seeds 
of sin, what tends to happen almost 100% of the time is that we don't experience the consequence of that seed we've just sown. And now we're saying, and we're thinking from a deceived mind, well, this is okay. I didn't get in trouble. The tax man didn't find out. The boss overlooked it. My wife didn't know. My parents, I kept it hidden from them. So there is no correlation. Don't be deceived. Church familia, don't be deceived. Turn to your neighbor, tell them that. Shake them up a little bit. No, come on, shake them up for real. At home, shake them up. Say, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. What we sow, we will reap. When we sow sin, because we don't see the consequence, we say there's no correlation. But Paul says, that's deception. Don't be deceived. If, if you sow gluttony, you will reap high cholesterol. If, if, if you love the Lord and you want to have a family one day, but you're sowing seeds of looking at sensual images online, and videos, you will reap a harvest. It will affect your family. It will affect your marriage. It will affect your life. If you are married and you're sowing seeds of gossip and bitterness toward your spouse, that's not going to produce love, is it? Bitterness doesn't produce anything sweet. Gossip does not lead to love. It leads literally to death because you will kill each other, right? If you're a parent and you say, I don't need to parent my children. I don't need to teach them things. My parents didn't parent me. Look at how I turned. And so I'm just going to let them do whatever they want. You're deceived. There is a strong possibility that they will grow up to be little spawns of Satan that don't listen to anything you have to say. Amen? Paul says, do not be deceived. What you sow is what you will reap. And we're not talking about karma. This isn't if, if, if I do good, if I live a good life, then I'm going to come back enlightened and be a better person in the next life. And this isn't if I do good, God's going to be good to me. And if I do bad, God's going to do bad to me. Because all the bad things that we could ever do, that we could ever think, Jesus has already taken care of. He's already forgiven. It's called grace. Amen? What we're talking about is cause and effect. We're talking about sowing and reaping. And what we sow, we will reap. But there's a flip side of it. See, some of us, we're sowing good seeds. And we're saying, I've been faithful. And I've been living out these fruit. But I don't see the fruit produced in my life. I don't see a harvest in it. And again, the same reason is because when we sow something, anything that is good takes time to grow. Some of us were deceived into thinking that it's going to happen automatically because we live in a world that values quick and easy. If, if we don't get through the drive through line in three minutes, we're going to talk to the manager, Right? My package doesn't come by 8 o'clock. Amazon, I pay for Prime. Why aren't you here? 
We live in a culture that, that a husband will love his wife for a week because the pastor said so, but it's been a week, okay? And she has not submitted to me, and so I'm done with this. We live in a culture, we live in a country that, that couples will come together. And we've done three sessions. We spent 300 bucks for three hours to talk through and it's not working. We still hate each other. So we're gonna quit. We're, we're gonna end this. We want it now. We wanna see the harvest immediately. And if we don't get it, we give up. We quit. We walk away. We've tried but it's not working. I want to ask us and challenge us. Is it not working or is it not yet the time? Is it not working or is it not time yet? Paul tells us that one of the greatest temptations for a follower of Jesus is to get tired. You get tired in doing good. You don't see the fruit of it. So you just throw your hands up in the air and say, I give up. What's the point? I've been good. I, I've tried to be good. I've done good. I've sown seeds and I don't see fruit. What's the point of continuing to try? I, I've worked so hard at this job. I've been so faithful at this job and they promote the idiot, the lazy guy who plays solitaire during his two-hour lunch break, now he's my boss? What's the point of even trying? I've talked to my teenager time and time again, but they still don't listen. All they do is play video games. When they're 18, I'm kicking them out of the house. Why, why do I even try anymore? I'm single. I want to get married. And I'm sowing these seeds of purity, but I see everyone else. They're doing whatever they want, and they're married, and I'm not. Why? What's the point of even trying? Or this happens so often to, to church people. Okay, I try to trust God with what he's given to me. I've tried to be a faithful steward and give back to God, but you know what? My bank account is still the same thing, and I still have all the same needs, so I'm done. What's the point? Is it not working or is it not time yet? And too many of us, before the appointed time, we get tired and we give up and we stop committing to what we've committed ourselves to. But Galatians 6, 9, Paul tells us, he says, let us not grow weary of doing good. For what? For in due season. See, God works in seasons. That's the whole thing of, of, about sowing and reaping and seeds and soil. In due season, meaning when the season is right, here's a promise. We will reap a harvest. He'll surely do it. What we sow is what we will reap. We will reap a harvest, but there's a qualifier, and it is what? If. If. We don't give up. People who don't give up see the harvest. People who remain faithful see the fruit being produced. Listen, if, if we sow nothing, we're going to reap nothing. That, that's clear. If all you do is just sit around and don't contribute and don't speak a word and don't put the effort in, Laziness and apathy is the fruit that you are going to produce, a.k.a. nothing. 
But if we do so, and we are faithful, but we quit in our faithfulness along the journey, we don't see the fruit. In due season, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Big idea I want us to get. There's a promise and there's a payoff, but the process is the point. There's a promise and there's a payoff, but the process is the point. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up in due time. And so when is the due time? That's the question we ask. I just want to know when the due time is. Because if you just tell me, God, then I'll be faithful to that point. But that's not the point. The process is the point. He grows us in the process. He produces fruit within us in the process. He produces Christ-like characteristics with us on this process. He prunes us in the process. But more importantly, in the process is his presence. See, some of, so many of us, we just tell me the date, God. When are you going to produce the harvest in me? And I want to know as well, but I miss the point. Because if I know when, then all I'm going to be doing is looking forward to that day and miss his presence along the journey. And God is far less concerned about when the harvest comes, rather the fruit that is produced within us. If all we're doing is looking toward that day, we miss him today. There's a promise there's a payoff, but the process is the point. There will be a harvest. The harvest will be reaped to those who do not lose hearts in due time. But the process is to be with him throughout it. What are we doing in the process? What are we doing while we're waiting? goes back to the very beginning. Faithfulness. We keep moving forward. We keep clinging on. We, we keep trusting him at his word. We keep taking that next step when he leads us. We don't give up. We don't lose hope, even though it feels hopeless around us, because we will see the promise come to pass. But in the process, he wants us to be faithful. Now listen, I, I want this to be really, really practical and there are several different, I mean, I could go on for another half hour just talking about practical instances of how we can be faithful. But I believe that everything physical has a spiritual root. And I don't want you to dismiss what I'm about to say simply because it's what every church and every pastor talks about. But if we want to see fruitfulness, it takes faithfulness in spending time in his word. This isn't a religious duty. This isn't some textbook that Christians need to read from. This is his love letter to us. Prayer is not something we do before we eat and before we go to sleep and we say at weddings and funerals. Prayer is communication between us and the Heavenly Father. And if we would faithfully approach coming into his presence, spending time in his word, not so we can have a message to preach, but so he can speak to us when we take time in prayer, not so we can list off everything that we need, but just to hear from him and hear his love for us. You may not see fruit immediately. But when, and not if, 
But when you're in a difficult season, when the pressure seems to be coming in from every single side, like we've heard three times this week, when you get that report that the person you loved has passed away or they're not getting better, the Holy Spirit of God, this is not my promise, it's his word, and he will surely do it. If we are faithful to continue on and be, spend time with him and be in his presence, when that trouble comes, his still small voice will speak to you and say, do you remember what Pastor Eric said six weeks ago? Do you remember what you read that Tuesday morning? Do you remember what you prayed a few months ago? That's going to get you through. That's going to grow you. He'll remind us of his promise for us. But if we never sowed that, we won't be able to reap it when it's necessary. He will surely do it. He's a God who keeps his word. Will we keep our word to him? Maybe for some of you today, it's a relationship that's hurting, that's broken. They want to give up. You feel like giving up. But hold on. Keep praying. Keep sowing seeds of grace and love and forgiveness. I'm not saying you have to chase after them. But we can follow the Father's example by letting them go and, and waiting in a posture of expectancy and prayer that when they do come back, because we are sowing those seeds that will pour love and grace upon them. Maybe you've been looking for a job. I know the past 19 months have not been easy for a lot of us. You feel like, what's the point? Why? No one's hiring. There's no one's spending money. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. You continue to be who God's called you to be. You continue to walk in his love and his spirit and his fruit. He is faithful. He will surely do it. Maybe you're here today and you feel like quitting on life. You feel like life would be so much better for everyone else if you weren't here because nothing seems to be working out. You don't seem to have anything that you pray for. You don't feel like Anyone cares about your situation. You matter to God. And you matter to us. And I'm telling you, it gets better. I'm telling you, there will be a harvest. It's not my promise. It's the God who loves you who promises this. So hold on. Don't give up. Final point I want to share with us. The seeds we sow today will produce fruit someday. I really want you to understand that. I, I want us to have a real expectation of God's promise. We will see a harvest. We will see growth. That addiction that you've been struggling with, you will overcome if you don't give up. You may fall, but get back up. Yesterday, you may have messed up, but you keep on moving forward, and you don't let that 
thing that happened to find who you are. Because a God who keeps his promises and who loves you forever, he defines you. He gives you your identity. He walks with you through the way. Someday, he promises that we will see fruit. That what we're doing today to invest in our children, that what we're doing today to work on our marriage, that what we're doing today to, to build up some, some skills, even though people say you're too small, you're too young, you're too old, you can't do it. Someday, there will be a harvest. Until that day, hold on. Don't give up. God is faithful to us. I pray that we'd be faithful to him. Would you stand to your feet? I want to read 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 as we close today. And this is from the message paraphrase. And this isn't a Korean-Cuban pastor speaking to a church today. This is the Spirit of God who penned this, who wants to speak to your heart right now. He says, one more thing, friends. Pray for us. Pray that the Master's word will simply take off and race through this country to a groundswell of response, just as it did among you. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send us out. But before he works through us, he wants to work in us. And pray that we'll be rescued from these scoundrels who are trying to do a sin. I'm finding that not all believers are believers. Pray that we don't listen to the critics who care more about what they want and less about what God wants. Paul's saying, I find that the, a lot of believers aren't really believers. They say they believe, but their life doesn't show it. They, they, they speak his word to put down other people, but they don't let the word of God lift them up and transform themselves. And so they say a lot, but they're not living a lot. He says, pray for them and pray for us that we would be doers, that we would be faithful. But the master never lets us down. The world will, I will. But the master never lets us down. He'll stick by you. He'll protect you from evil. And because of the master, we have great confidence in you. Because of the work his spirit is doing within us naturally, not because of who you are or how much you give or how good you're trying to behave, but because his spirit living inside of you have great confidence in you. And we know that you're doing everything we told you and will continue doing it. And we know that there's a desire for faithfulness here in this place. Now may the master take you by the hand and lead you along the path of God's love and Christ's endurance. May he be the one who grabs your hand and walks with you when we see by his faithfulness that he's there. His faithfulness that even though we denied him, he still died for us. That even though we ignore him and push him aside in our life and say, you, you can take the Sundays for an hour and a half, but I'm going to do things my way. He still says, no, I, I want to walk with you every day. He's been so faithful to us. And I pray that that faithfulness toward us would help us to surrender to him so we can see faithfulness in our lives back to God. 
Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.